Hey guys, welcome to church. Um, I'm going to get you guys to do something real cool before we start. Um, if you're like in the outside rows of the, the seats, move in, like come closer. Because like maybe where the third chair is, you want to be that one in front and this side. So if, like where Martin, Martin put your hand up. Yeah, you want to be like at that level. So come forward, come forward, come closer. Yeah, that's better. Because it's the school holidays, there might not be that many people here. So, you know, just come closer. But we're about to head into praise and worship. So if you want to come and occupy this space, you can come into this area. Otherwise, we're just going to get into it.
conference in Auckland, Shout Conference, and it was amazing. And something that one of the guys said was, when it comes to Jesus, we mustn't contain ourselves because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Have joy when it comes to Jesus because He is Jesus. There's nothing else we can describe Him as. So when we do this song, I want to see some dancing and a lot more singing because Jesus deserves a lot more.
Father, I thank you that we can celebrate tonight, that we can celebrate Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are most welcome in this place. I know that you love to celebrate. Holy Spirit, so we open our hearts to you. We wind ourselves up a little bit so that we can give you our absolute best tonight. And thank you for your presence here amongst us. We declare your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're doing all right? looking good? Yes, you're looking fine, aren't you? Looking fine. Very good. Well, welcome. It's great to see you all. Yeah, you can say hello before you sit down. There are a couple of people around you. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. I love the enthusiasm, Danielle. That's great. Keep it up. Don't let them wear you down. You wear them down. Please. It's awesome. It's great. Good. That's good. Well, welcome. It's great to see you tonight. And uh, we, we've got a great night planned tonight. We're going to celebrate communion together shortly. And then we get to hear Martin's story tonight. And I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be great. He's a little nervous about sharing tonight. But you will smile at him, won't you? This has been my, this has been my um, quest all day, is to get people to smile. I read somewhere that if you smile, it uses six calories. So, pretty good, eh? Six, six calories. So, can you trust, try a smile, try a practice smile? Just so, no, don't, let's change it, let's change it. I'm going to count to five and then don't smile. Whatever you do, don't smile. If you smile, you owe me ten bucks. One. Two, three, four, five. Far out. Never used to work like that when I was a kid. I was told not to laugh, I'd laugh. It was the it was a fright of you know I've got ten bucks. <laughs> it was the thought of having to pay, wasn't it? That's what put you. No, you can smile again now. Smile, please. You're scary. I said to Jay last week, I said, How was that preaching? And he said, Boy. They don't smile much. Pretty scary, but you've got to smile for Martin tonight, okay? Yes? Yes. Got to smile, and you've got to encourage him. You've got to go, yes, Martin, that is awesome what you're saying. You're a champion and all that kind of stuff. Very good. Good. Excellent. So, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Anybody? Nobody. Andy. Birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. Fantastic. Happy birthday. And you have chocolate too. Oh, that's a bonus. Why don't you jump up on your feet? We get to declare. So where it says family, we can say Andy this morning. That's a, Tonight, that's the beauty of having one person. Ready? Here we go. Father, thank you for Andy. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over him this year. Activate your love and goodness through him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy birthday. That's great. Very good. Well, a couple of things you need to know about. Um, if you are keen on coming on the Bible Land Tour next year, next April, I need your details sent in to maria.t at activatechurches.com. ASAP. Uh, we're kind of getting up there in the numbers now of people who are interested. So this next week, I'm going to open it up to other churches. 
uh, and then we'll start to nail things down from there. So if you're keen on that next April, we'd love you to come with us. If you're at the leadership school on Tuesday night, well done. And I uh, understand it was a fantastic start learning about the uniqueness, the way we created personalities, etc. Unfortunately, you can't join this course halfway through. So if you didn't go last Tuesday, don't turn up this Tuesday. It's not going to work for you. But the next one is coming in a couple of months' time, and that is about uh, spiritual gifts, and that'll be fantastic. It would be great if you were there. Well, we're going to celebrate communion tonight, so I wonder if the host team could hand that out. It would be great. Thanks very much. So I thought about communion tonight. I thought to ask you the question, how grateful are you for what Jesus did on the cross? How grateful are you? It's worth thinking about, isn't it? Now, is it just something that we do, or are you really grateful? If I was to give Pastor Ray a chocolate, would you like a... It is two. You only have two, Ray. You're most welcome. Very good. He's got chocolates just like that. See, he's really grateful for these little chocolates. That's amazing. What about if you were able to have relationship with the creator of the universe? Would you feel grateful about that? Yeah? You feel grateful about that? What about this? In Hebrews 12, it says this. It says, this is speaking of God, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. How would that be? Because that's what the cross is all about. That's what we're celebrating at communion was that Jesus is the, the go-between between us and the Father and he says I'm gonna, I, will, I will forgive their sins I will never again remember them that's amazing you think about that you think of the stuff that you've done in your lifetime that you've come up a little short or it's just been blatantly wrong like have you ever told a lie? Put your hand up if you've never told a lie. Yeah, see, liars right there. You imagine if all that stuff, Jesus says, no, no, because of me, when you put your trust, when you put your faith in me, I will never remember that again. That's what he says. It's gone. As far as the East is from, it's gone forever. How grateful would you be? Because that's what he's done. What about if he said to you, you know, at the end of this life, if you're walking in relationship with me at the end of this life, I've gone and I've prepared a place for you in heaven. And you are going to be there with me and many others for all eternity. Living in the ultimate paradise, really, isn't it? Would you be a little bit thankful? One or two nods. The rest of you are scared to be thankful? Or you're just thinking on the inside, I'd be thankful. I'll be, yes, I'll be thankful. I reckon communion is that time when we actually need to express our thanksgiving to God. 
know, it's good, to, it's good to sit and it's good to reflect and it's good to be grateful. That's all good. But there's times and places where that's not enough. If you're sitting at the rugby last night and your team scored a try, sitting there motionless, expressionless, not really good enough, is it? No. No, it's not. The answer is no, it's not. It's time to get on your feet and cheer the team on and go, wow, that is awesome, fantastic. Well, if we can do that for a rugby team, how much more could we do it for Jesus? When he is the hope of the world, when it's only Jesus that can make a difference in your life, when it's only Jesus that can open up an eternity for you, a saved eternity for you, when it's only Jesus who can forgive our sins, when it's only Jesus who can walk with us, talk with us, guide us, can make us pure, can make us right, can lift us up when we fall down, who can cover us with His mercy and His grace and fill us with peace and hope. It's only Jesus. So, shall we just take communion tonight? Yeah, I don't think we should. I don't think it cuts it. I think that's like, you know, it's like me eating a dinner that my wife's cooked me and not even looking up at her to say thank you. That was nice. It just doesn't, doesn't cut it. I think we need to express our thanks a little bit. I think we actually need to let something out. The Bible says, I will bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving, a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice means it costs us something. So tonight we can sit here and we could eat the biscuit that represents his body. It was broken for us. He hung on a cross. We could drink the juice, which represents his blood that was spilt on that same cross signifies that he forgave us of our sin, of our wrongdoing, and that because of all this, he brings us into relationship with him when we say, I choose you. So we could sit and celebrate, or I think it would be better still if perhaps we got on our feet. We made a bit of noise. We actually gave him some thanks. We gave him some praise. We said, thank you. This is unbelievably good news. The gospel is called the good news. Do you know why? It's because it's good news. Yeah, amazing, eh? That's deep. That's real. We're going deep tonight. It's, it's called good news because it's unbelievably good news. The alternatives are terrible. But because of Jesus, because of communion, we get to celebrate. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to stand on my feet tonight. And I'm going to say thank you to Jesus. And I'm going to praise Him. And I'm going to honour Him. And actually, why, while we take this, why don't we sing this is how we party again because it's all about Jesus is that alright can you pull that one off twice in a row great come on and we'll celebrate Jesus together eh Jesus I thank you for what you did on the cross I thank you I thank you for it with all my being I thank you that you went to that cross that you didn't pull out that on that cross you bought uh, relationship for me with the Father, that on the cross you cleanse me of my sins, that you release grace and mercy and kindness on me, that you filled me with hope and peace and your love. And I thank you and I honour you for that. And tonight, Jesus, as we celebrate communion together, we give you praise and honour.
in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Just don't choke on it while you're trying to sing in at the same time. Breaking open every tide of mind. Your love is breathing out into my life. You take my burden and you make it light. You make it light. Bringing a sound that would break the night. I choose to follow you for all my life. I know that you are always by my side. You're by my side. To the right. And everything we do, we choose to praise you. No matter what they say, we will go your way. Dancing to your beat, we can't contain it. We're letting heaven loose as we celebrate.
We're going to worship God now. <laughs> yeah. Who loves our God? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a new song tonight. It's called Fullness. And uh, uh, such a beautiful song. Um, the chorus goes, pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now, let your glory fill this place. It's just such beautiful lyrics and um, a declaration of what we want God to do in our lives. So um, sing with me.
sing, let our hearts. Let our hearts continue burning. For our King is soon returning. As we hold to His assurance, Spirit
What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name. Thank you, Lord, that we can worship you so freely. If you're able, why don't you lift your hands to him tonight? Just physically open yourself before him. Just allow him to minister to your hearts tonight to our hearts tonight what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ my King what a beautiful name it is nothing compares to this what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares. What a beautiful name it is, the name of One more time, just lift your volume a little bit more. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Now just listen for a moment. Lord, speak to your church.
think the Holy Spirit would say to you if he spoke to you right now? I reckon it would sound something like, I love you so much. Well, you're a champion. You can do it. I've got potential for you that you've not even started to explore yet. He might say, I love it when you stop and listen to me. Maybe he'd say, hey, shall we hang out this week? Because I think you'd like that too. say to you that he loves you and he thinks you're pretty cool fantastic can I say something we just sang what a beautiful name then we sang what a wonderful name and then we sang what a powerful name. And by singing what a powerful name, I want to declare that over many people's lives tonight who really need to hear that because his name is so powerful, you don't need to worry. Great. He is the king and the king takes, takes care of all the problems. It's not you that needs to go and sign contracts and go and deal with brokers because it's his job, he's the king. It's not your job. And I believe that there's many people tonight that need to hear that because he's oh so powerful, he right. can do it. You don't need to worry. Fantastic. It's great. Yeah, I, I've got the same thing as Danielle. Um, I, I just keep seeing, you know, Jesus here. He was in the beginning. He was in the very beginning. He was there and he saw you. He saw me. And then he came to earth and there's so many stories that we can read of. And then the Bible says that we, there's even more, that the, all the books in the world can't even contain everything that took place when Jesus was here on earth. But one of the things that stands out to me right now that I feel as for people is that he said, don't, don't hinder, don't stop the, ch the children coming to me. And I feel that he's saying tonight that we are his children, each one of us as his dear, dear child. And he said, don't. Don't hinder them coming to me. I want you. I want you to climb up onto my knee. You know, in that sense of coming to him and and saying, you know, maybe what Sharon said before. What do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to me, Jesus? You know, and he's like, come on, come, come to me. I am so in love with you. You are my dear, dear child. I was there in the beginning, and then he went to the cross. The, the story has not yet finished. Then he went to the cross and then he 
took the power of sin and death. He went down to Hades and he got those keys and he is victorious. You know, like the earth rumbled, there was earthquakes, the, the dead rose, my goodness. Oh, wow, to see that. He was ultimately victorious. And he said to that, to the thief that was on the cross next to him, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna be with me in paradise today. I've got the victory, but it is not over yet. It is not over. And here we are today, and yet there is more before us. And he says, come on, come, I'm with you. You are my dear, dear child, my dear child. Come to me, come and sit on my knee, be filled up, because I want you to overflow, be filled up with my love. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Be filled up, because I need you, I need you to overflow into this world because He wants us to stand with Him victorious. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, don't sit down. Oh, one more. Let's go. We're singing about the name of Jesus, how beautiful, how wonderful, and how powerful it is. Think about your own name. What does your name represent? What does it mean? Does your name mean courageous? Does it mean beautiful? Does it mean brave one? What does your name mean? As Jan said, he was there in the beginning, before there was a beginning, he's eternal. But he knew you when you would be born. He destined for you to be here now. He destined for you. He, maybe your parents gave you your name, but he's created you in a special way. Live, live out your name. Whatever name your parents have given you, think about the meaning of it and live out in the destiny that God has given you. My middle name is Joyce. That means joy, rejoice, be happy. Maybe your name means peace. Maybe your name means boldness. What does your name mean? Does it mean rich? Live that out through Christ. Fantastic. It means wild. That's what my name means, wild. Martin, why don't you come? Martin is doing an internship at Vision College this year where he's been stretched a little and um, put out of his comfort zone. But Martin has a, has a great story. And um, I think you're going to be really, really encouraged by his story tonight. But before he encourages you, why don't you give him a massive big hand and a massive big cheer as he comes. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Wow. I think I'm under the influence of lots of drugs. I've been sick, sitting in the lounge, sleeping the last two nights, coughing my lungs up. <laughs> so, uh, but I said to Lance that I said, no devil's going to keep me away from this tonight. So, yeah. Can we just open with prayer, please? Thank you. Heavenly Father, I need you, yeah, Lord. I can do nothing without you. So I pray, Lord, that you will speak to your dear people that you love so very much. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my love story. I trust it does touch somebody's life tonight. Someone can relate to my miserable life I had before I found Jesus. So before I start, I just want to say this, that uh, 
my love story is not to make me look like a big hero here tonight, so you need to understand this. I was an absolute idiot. All right, so you need to understand this, that he's the hero. All right. I realized when uh, I met Christ that uh, he loves the unlovable, he loves the unlikable, because I still don't understand what it was about me that he liked. I don't understand it, but he does pursue us even when we are idiots. <laughs> That's right. So I want to just tie this up. My love story will mean nothing if I don't tie it up with the word of God. So I just want to just tie this up with um, the book of Ezekiel. Was my story tonight is Satan versus God. And the song is so beautiful that we just sang that it says, he has no rival. He has no equal. When, when he said, I need to swear, he said, well, I look to my left and my right, I look above me. There's no other name. I've got to swear on my own name because there's nothing above him. Ezekiel 28 says, Satan is a created being, and yet we go and serve second in charge. Second to now. He's just second. He was nothing. He's, he's a second great God, and yet we go and serve him. I don't understand why we do it, but we do. 1 Kings 18 says, it's a beautiful story. You can read it. I, uh, um, I'll just read a little piece here um, of Hezekiah, where he challenged um, the prophets of Baal, um, 1 Kings 18. And um, it's, a really, it's a long story, so I'm not going to read it all. But the beauty of the story is that he got really in their face. And he wasn't politically correct. The New Living Translation tells a very nice story, and I'll get to that now. But um, I just want to read this little piece. He said, uh, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, um, this is a really small print. I must confess something. I left my Bible at home. <laughs> I was so panicky, I promise you. So I, I ran and I found Tim and I said, mate, is there a Bible? He said, there's a church. They should buy a Bible, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, everything's all electronic. But anyway, he found me a Bible, thank God. But it's very small print, but I'll try. Have you? Hallelujah. God is so awesome. Thank you, sir. You thank you. Oh, man. Well, I won't tell this to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're good company, sir. <laughs> um, sorry to be so disorganized. Um, so this was 1 Kings 18. So Elijah um, said to the prophets about, he told him to prepare an um, altar. I'm going to not read everything. Just prepare an altar. And uh, he said, you, you give me a bull, you get a bull. You choose which one. You prepare your altar. And the God who answers from heaven with fire tonight, he is God. And listen to the side. So he had to stand down with these guys. And they were all starting to dance around the altar and he was getting a bit, it says in verse 27, it says, About noontime, Elijah became mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a God. Perhaps he's daydreaming. I love this. Or he's relieving himself. <laughs> or maybe he's away on a trip 
always asleep and needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder. Following the normal customs, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gashed out. That's so powerful. And then Elijah, carry on reading. I won't read it all now, but uh, Elijah tells them, at the end, nothing happened. Then he says, here's my altar, throw water over it, and they did it three times. And uh, this is what he said. At the Yulter time of offering, the evening, this is verse 36. Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and licked up all the water. And the Lord, and they all cried, The Lord is God, the Lord is God. For um, I looked at the um, at the meaning of serving, and uh, for me, the best meaning I could find was to serve someone, because we serve. We serve others, we serve someone, we serve Satan or we serve God. And serving is to be to someone what they deserve. And I thought that is just awesome. So I was to Satan what he deserved. I don't understand why I did what I did. Bob Dylan, um, in an interview um, on CBS, he said, I sold my soul to Satan. And he said, he didn't call it Satan, he said, the big commander. He says, and I'm paying back now. What I, what I promised him. And then in his song, Go to Serve Someone, he says, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve someone. So the question tonight is, who are we serving? How close are we walking to the line? Sometimes I get so frustrated because people find out, as Christians, they want to find, can I do this and still go to heaven? Or can I do this and still go to heaven? Why would you want to even ask that question? Why would you want to walk so close to the line and take a chance? My story begins when I was a young boy. I grew up in a real Afrikaans home. And for you South Africans, you'll understand. Um, it, was a, it was a tough home. Um, my dad ruled with a rod of iron. And, uh, and uh, that's the way it was. It was his way or the highway. And he was my hero, actually, to tell you the truth. Until he passed, he was my hero. Um, I never cried a day in my life until I got born again. And then it's just payback. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand it. I was like, Lord, I think of things. I try and pinch myself, please don't cry anymore. And then I cry, you know. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> Thank you. I probably will need it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember my dad would, um, when we got hidings, and he didn't play, he would say, go to your bedroom, close your windows, close your curtains, close the door. And uh, I would stand there and he'll hit me, and I'm like, I won't cry. My, my younger brother, he would jump around on his bum, and uh, he would cry and get out of the hidings, and my dad would say, oh, well, you make me cry, man, you just won't. And um, so uh, that's how I grew up, thought of tough, tough was good, and crying was for sissies. In year four, um, at a new school, and some of you younger folk, unfortunately, you won't understand, but 
my age, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. We had the desks that had a little ink pot in it. And uh, I was new kid on the block the day, and I sat in front of the, the, the guy in the school. I didn't realize he's the main dude. And I pushed my chair back, and I spilled all the ink over all his stuff and over his clothes. So he said to me, we're going to sort this out. So that's, and PE class sorted it out, and uh, I won. And I realized, oh, this is not too bad. I can fight. And I never realized it. But then arrogance took over. I used to fight regularly. At, at, at lunchtime, Sima and I we actually became friends, but we fought lunchtimes just to entertain the kids. And uh, that's just what it was. There was no, actually no malice. We would just fight. And I loved it. And um, I grew up in the apartheid era, and for you who don't know what apartheid was, really was, it is that white and anything other than white never mixed. That's just how it was. Um, we had the white bench, the, 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 the benches on the, on the, on the public um, roads and, and trains for whites and non-whites. They just never mixed. I remember as a kid saying to my dad, because I used to love boxing, I said to him, so who's your champ? We don't know. We've got a black champ and a white champ. They weren't allowed to fight. And uh, I remember um, as, a, as a young boy, um, a white person would walk on this side of the road, and uh, if an African walked on the other side, walked on the same side, he had to get off the pavement and walk next to him. And if he didn't greet, there'll be problems. Um, it was a terrible era. But unfortunately, it is a case of monkey see, monkey do. I went to the army, um, and uh, there I experienced a lot of stuff um, that made me hard as nails. You become numb to your feelings. Nothing really can hurt you. Unfortunately, you uh, revel in it. You think everybody's scared of you because you're the man. And I would fight my way out of everything, and that's just how I was. I, uh, my anthem was, and, and uh, some of you might know this song, um, Running with the Devil, Van Halen. That was my anthem. I used to walk around and sing that all the time. I used to take that song and take sermons. As a young kid, we had those little tape cassettes and put that song in between the sermons to mix it all up and play back and laugh at it. Um, I was so rebellious. I remember as uh, we were forced to go to Sunday school right through to matric. Um, and uh, my dad was not um, Christian. He just wanted us to go to church, and that's just how I was. And uh, I remember going to Sunday school, and the pastor will say, first, sit in the first 10 rows, please, small congregation. I'll count, and I'll sit in 11. And he'll say, please come and say, if you want me to sit, then I'll move. I'll go out. I won't leave. I'll just leave. I will stand. My dad never sang in church, so he'll always stand with his arms folded, and I would stand like it as well, just the man. I bought a, I bought a boat and called it Rebel. I had a Rebel flag, the American Rebel flag on my back, on my jacket. I was a Rebel. I started bouncing at uh, clubs and casinos. And uh, after the clubs, at night, I would drive around by myself, look for someone to beat up, and then go home. It was a regular thing, a regular thing. I... Uh, one of the clubs I balanced that the, um, the owner was a German and uh, got to 
befriend them, and um, they were involved in uh, the AWB. Um, the AWB stands for Afrikaner Weerstandsbeweging. For you that don't know, it's an Afrikaner resistant movement. It's, um, it hates everything that's not white. And it hates it with a passion. And it was easy for me. I grew up like that. It was just came in second nature. Um, Linda, can you please put that, the first little photo on there, please, if you can, just thank you. That was our emblem. You can see the Nazi resemblance, but it was the three sevens they didn't touch, so we were Christian. It was a biblical principle there for us. So we had the firearm in the one hand and the Bible in the other hand, and our hearts full of hatred. My friends, a few of them were part of the KKK. We were radical, absolute radical. I was on on uh, national television a few times with my uniform. We wore military uniform, berets, the whole thing. We had our, um, our camps. Um, on weekends, we went military training. It was radical. It was intense training. And uh, one day at work, the police came and grabbed me away from work and interrogated me. In front of my, they took me away in front of my, my, my colleagues because I was very quiet, nobody knew what I was really into. And they were all shocked to see what happened. Linda, can you put the second one on, please? Thank you. That was, that was the leader of the LWB, Eugene Terblanche. Some of you don't know him, but uh, he died. He got killed a few years ago. Um, I, worked, I was very involved in the LWB and uh, worked very close with him at times. Walked around with a knuckle duster in one pocket and a gun on the other side. That's just how I was. We had, uh, when there was crime in areas, people would contact us and, and ask us to go and clean the area up. And we did that with great joy. I, uh, I remember one night I uh, bounced at a club and uh, I got involved in something with a the guy there and uh, I hurt him pretty badly. I thought he died. It was New Year's Eve. There was a lot of people around, you can imagine. But even God looks after the unlikable sometimes and I don't understand. When you look back in your life and you say, it's sometimes like a dream. Surely I couldn't have done these things. Surely, surely I wasn't like this. Surely he's going to really. And, and sometimes I question myself did I really do these things? And um, anyway, they, they came and looked for the guy that killed this guy. And um, I ran into the club. I changed jackets with another guy as if it was going to help. And anyway, not long after that, they managed to drag this guy away and he had an arm around. Um, the neck of two guys, and they dragged him up the road. And the cop that came and looked, what um, investigated this, I knew the cop. So everything just stayed right there. I got married, and uh, 
on my first date, I didn't even realize it. First date, I had my bush knife next to my, what do bush knife you? I think it's like a machete or something like it. Machete next to my, my handbrake, and my banner was underneath my handbrake. It was just there. And I didn't even take it out going out on the first date. And afterwards, my wife said to me, she said, I was so scared, I thought you were going to kill me. I didn't even think of it. And I remember coming back from the, where we went into a movie, coming back, and I went through this, the back ways, which was my normal ways, looking for a fight. It was just crazy times. And uh, one night, I, uh, after bouncing, went to a club and got really drunk, me and my mate. And uh, Linda, can you put the next one for us, please? Uh, my friend, uh, him and I, really close, and we bounced together. And uh, you'll see him there with the, with the glasses and the black uniform. I was in the back there. That's how we, that's one of our parades. And um, I remember seeing a group of black guys, and uh, I pulled my firearm. I went onto my knee. I was too drunk to really stand, so I went onto my one knee, and I aimed it at them. And that was the last time I remember. The next time I remember was I woke up at, uh, in uh, the Beach Hotel manager's um, room. Me and my friend passed out. Thank God nothing happened. I didn't shoot anyone. I just passed out. The Lord looked after me even in my crazy days. We had two kids. My oldest was a boy and um, my daughter, Casey. And I remember one day my little boy, he was tiny, and he was kicking his door. And I said to my wife, I said, what's he kicking the door for? I'm lying on the bed. I was like, what's this noise? He's kicking the door. She said, he's struggling to open the door. And I thought, but why is he kicking it? But that's what you do. That the door, his room door was on the passage. And I didn't have a punch bag. And you might think I'm boasting. It's not, it's not the case. I'm telling you a fact that wall in South Africa, walls are brick. That was my punch bag. That wall in the passage was my punch bag. I used to stand and box that wall all the time. I broke my knuckles so many times. I didn't feel it. At some stage, I had my knuckles. It just didn't matter. I could punch anything without feeling pain. And uh, I would stand there and punch the wall. And then my little boy goes and kicks the door. And I'm lying there thinking, will the cycle ever change? Surely my kid's also going to become an idiot. One day my wife and I were driving in the car and my little ones, they were probably one and two, two and three years old, not older than that. They were in the car seats behind us. We just reversed out the drive and going down the hill and she said something and I snapped because I could go from, 100, from zero to 100 in a second. Man. And I snapped and I punched the windscreen. As I punched it, it just shattered. There was glass all over us. My little kids in the back, they had glass on them. I went to uh, see a hypnotist because now I'm running out of ideas. I swam probably 15 times, maybe more, I'm not so sure, but probably 15 times. And the one day I went to his house. On a Sunday morning, I phoned him and I said, Mr. Lawrence, if you don't hypnotize me today, I'm going to kill someone. He said, I don't work on Sundays. I said, I'm coming in here. And he would hypnotize me and my wife will drive back and I'll be as mellow as anything, sitting there, everything's everything. Two days, Martin's back, fighting everyone. Stop. I used to stop traffic. I, pu I pulled over a bus once. 
jumped into the bus. I really didn't care. I, didn't, I wasn't scared of dying. I remember lying in the hospital. I had a big knock on the head, lying there. They're doing lumbar punches and so on. I think to myself, I can't die, so it's all good. I just couldn't die. I was not scared of anything. I, I was, my mind just couldn't, couldn't, didn't, couldn't go there. So she said, you need to go and see a psychiatrist. So I said, it's only crazy people see a psychiatrist. I'm not going to go and see a psychiatrist. She said, well, then it's bye-bye. So I went and saw a psychiatrist, and the old man, the three of us were sitting on separate chairs, and he's sitting there, and I'm sitting on the right-hand side. She's sitting there, and she said, he said to me, so uh, why do you get angry? I said, I don't get angry. She makes me angry. If she doesn't make me angry, I can't get angry. And he pointed his finger in my face and he said to me, young man, you need years of therapy. I snapped. He had to call security. I just grabbed him. It was just, it was the only thing I knew was violence. In September 98, my grand passed away. Before she passed, we went and said our goodbyes. She said, uh, you want to pray for me, please? And I was, I don't pray. I didn't like praying. Didn't believe in God. Hated Christians because they're all hypocrites. Want nothing to do with Christians. But I'll pray in here. So when I got home, not long after they phoned and they said, Grant's passed away. And that night I said, Lord, I said, I don't even know if you are real. This could all be just hocus pocus stuff. I don't know. But uh, if you're real, she's probably with you. And if I had to die today, I'll be in big trouble. So tonight I'm asking you this. If you're real, I'll give you first choice because I grew up in a Christian country. Maybe Buddha is the real God. I don't know. I even said, Allah Krishna. I don't know. But tonight I'll give you first choice. That you change me tonight. I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to do nothing. You change me. And if you don't change me, don't you one day dare send me to hell. Because it will just be unfair. So next morning I wake up. We drive to work. Somebody did something crazy in front of us. And my wife said to me, blow the horn. I said, chill out, man. <laughs> I said, uh, she said to me, what's going on? I said, just chill out. And that's when it started. He took it away. I don't know how he did it, to tell you the truth. I think while I was sleeping, he must have had a heart transplant or something, because I don't know. Because I woke up the next day and the two major things in my life, racism and anger, disappeared. I still had other things I was working on. I was still listening to uh, all the Guns N' Roses CDs I bought. I bought them from overseas because they had the swearing in it. And I was listening to all the swearing. And, and I would sing with them. When uh, the swearing comes, I'll just stop and then I'll just start again. So it wasn't me swearing. So the one day the Lord said to me, and I've, you know when the Lord speaks, you remember it. I was right down by my house under the bridge and he said, driving up the drive, and he said to me, so when are you going to stop this? I said, today. I, um, because of all the fights I was in, I, uh, those days, um, the, what would Jesus rule? Um, red band came out, so I had one of those, but they wore thin very quickly and get dirty and look yucky. So I, I got a, um, a chain made up with Jesus rules, and I put it on my right hand. And that's the reason behind this. It's not a nice piece of jewelry. It's Jesus rules us now. 
I started Jesus Rules Ministries. You can go on the internet, you'll see it, my life stories there. It's my way of telling people that that he's real. When I got born again in September 98, I was really very upset when I look back at my life and I just see darkness and I was so, so what a waste of a life. I bodyguarded people that were up to no good. I did things that were no good. My, the crowds I used to hang with were just no good and I thought, what a wasted life. So um, I went to church. I went to a, a church close to us, Dermot Christian Center. It's a big church, 6,000 seater church then, 10,000 seaters laid on. And... Um, the opening night of the church, they moved from one, they've got a new building, the opening night, I was working in the car park as security, and Pastor Paul Danakaran from India opened the, the church, and uh, I remember standing in the car park and looking at the chapel building and the, the, the um, colorful lights, and I said, oh, this is really pretty. I said, Lord, you must really like what you're seeing. It's really nice. And afterwards, a friend of mine came out and out of church, and he said to me, uh, there was a prophecy. God said, he's going to use you. And I said, prophecy, what's that? And he said, God spoke. And he said, I said, how did you do this? I don't hear a thing. How did all this work? And uh, he said to me, God said, he's going to let his light shine through you. I got in my car that night and I drove home. And the first time in my life, I cried. And I said, how can you even try and use me? I can't even speak. Because I can't. I'm not this intellectual guy. I can't speak proper. I just make mistakes all the time. And I'm just a just a nothing. I said, how can you use me, Lord? I'm just nothing. And I've got the tape. I bought it. And I've still got it. And every now and then I listen to it and I said, Lord, remember you said you're going to use me. And this is what it said, actually. It says you are serving others because I was serving in the church. And that's why it's so important to serve. So important. He said, you are serving others who are serving God. And tonight Jesus has got compassion on you. And he's going to let his light shine through you. And you're going to be used to conform the wise and intellectuals. And you will say, how can you use me? I'm ordinary man. He said, yes, Martin, I'm going to use you. I was blown away. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. There was a pastor from America that uh, came to our church, Pastor Gordon Jensen. Old guy, gray suit, bored me to pieces. I was sitting right at the back, serious. I was sitting in our church at these big, heavy doors, and they close them when the service is on. So when you go out and you want to open the door, it screeches and you don't want to get attention. So I just sit there. And, and you contemplate leaving, and you think, oh, it's not worth it. Everybody's going to look at me. So I just sit. And right at the end, he said, there's a man named Martin God is doing something for. Still got it on tape. Well, I nearly fell off my chair. God is real, man. He proved it. My pastor phoned me and he said to me, Pastor Benny Hinn is coming to South Africa. He's asked us to put names forward. People want to work in his security team. And I said, yep. He said, you interested? I said, yeah, that's fine. Because when I got saved, I heard about this guy that prays and people get healed. I was like, I was really intrigued by that. How does it happen? How do people get healed? How does the supernatural work? Because now I'm starting to realize God is really real. This is not just pie in the sky stuff. I uh, got all these videos, and my wife at the time, she used to say to me, don't watch this rubbish in my house. So I had to wait for everybody to sleep at night, and I'd watch it in the lounge. And 
I used to love watching the stuff and have my own little church at night in the lounge. And um, God was so good. My name was given to Ben, to ben in and he, and he asked me to work with him. And I worked with him for a couple of years. I traveled with him and uh, I saw stuff happen. I saw people get healed that I never thought this would happen. I, I remember standing next to the stage of Benny Hinn. My first tour was with him to Brussels, and I'm standing there next to the stage, and, and I'm crying like a baby. And it's like I'm supposed to be the bodyguard for this dude, and I feel so embarrassed. And then you look, and the guy behind you, and he's crying as well. And I've got, I, was, I was the smallest guy on our team, honestly. These guys were from Finland. They were massive. I used to walk on the guy's back in gym for him so he could... So just walk on my back and like yeah, I was looking on concrete. These guys were big and strong guys, and they would cry. And I thought, wow, there's a God. My, uh, I, um, I was working with other pastors as well in security. Um, Michael Pitts, um, William Morrison, and um, God gave me great favor. And then I realized that my past, as much as it was stink, God can turn it all into good. Whatever we've done, nothing's wasted. Nothing's wasted. You might sit here tonight and think, my life's been a mess. Ah, oh, it's not a mess. You'll turn it around and people will be shocked to see what he can do in your life. Um, and then something happened in my life. Uh, my wife and I were walking on the beach from one night and this was a bit crazy at the time as well. They would inject people with the AIDS virus. And they injected my wife with the AIDS virus. And uh, I was going strong. I was good. And all of a sudden, everything was questioned in my life. I was like, what do I do now? So I phoned a friend of mine, and I said, Trev, this is what happened. I said, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to disappear now. Ben Clive is coming back. I'm going to kill everyone. And you'll see me on TV now and then. They won't catch me. If they catch me, they'll have to kill me. I'm going to kill them all. So uh, he tried to speak sense into my head, and... He spoke for a long time, and I think it was a few phone calls after as well. And he said to me, go to the spot where it happened and go and pray for people. I said, it's so hard. And I didn't trust myself, and I took my brother with me that night. I said, okay, I'll do it. I took my brother with me. And on that night, I can't tell you how many prostitutes I prayed for. How many people got touched that night? And then I realized that there's something that God puts inside of you when you get born again. It's not just for a little cruise. It's not just to play church. It's not just to have a nice little life. We're here to touch people's lives and tell them about Jesus. If we don't do it, shame on us. My brother worked um, in security in South Africa. He walked into a gun shop while they were robbing it, and they shot the manager, and they killed the manager and the owner. And he walked in, and they shot him. But thank God, when they, they actually pulled the, 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 the firearm on his temple, and they pulled the trigger, and he dropped when they shot him. And uh, funny enough, not funny enough, but the Sunday he went to church, and he gave his heart to God with me. He went to church on Sunday night with me. This happened on Tuesday morning. And uh, 
Um, it shot the vertebrae in the back and the nerves and everything's gone. And he still has problems with that every now and then. He still goes for x-rays regularly and so. But his hands collapsed and he had to put it in cast and whatever to get it working. But when he was in ICU, there was a lady lying opposite him. And she was in a coma. And her husband and her son was with her. And uh, when they left, I went to them. And I... Because when I became born again, I became radical for God as well. I was just like, well, I served Satan everything I did now. I might as well serve Jesus with everything I have. I always had tracks in my pockets. I tracks in my cubby all. I tracks everywhere. I go Burger King. I would drive to give everybody tracks. And um, I gave them a tract. And I said, listen, can I pray with you? And they said, yep. I prayed. And I took their number and I kept on phoning them and then on the Thursday, I'll never forget it, he said to me, Dr. Fuller was a very big brain surgeon in Durban. He said, Dr. Fuller said, you can, um, we need to now make funeral arrangements. They're going to take off the machine. Just, there's no chance. And I remember my wife said to me, she said, oh, you're going to be like Benny Hinn. What's happening now? And the question is your faith. Well, I said, was, I can't heal no one. I just know him. I ask him, but I can't heal no one. And... Um, I went to a hospital, I'll pray with her in hospital. And then she started coming out of the coma. And I didn't realize at the time, some medical people, you probably understand that comas have got different grades, and they, I think it's up to 15 or so, and she was right up there. And slowly but surely she was skipping it and coming down. And before I came to New Zealand, when I, we immigrated, I went to sit by to her. She actually lived down the road for me, and she was walking with a Zimmer frame. She was out the coma. And I knew that God can do anything. Not because we are so great, but His power is inside of us. Nothing can change. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can... What can come again? We sing the song. It's true. What can, what can stand against us when He's in us? I um, was at a home group once, and there was a, one of our ladies that said that she's got a black mark on her lung, and she asked me to pray for her. And, you must remember now, I come from the party era and all that, and I, I went to my church, 6,000 people, 95% was probably African and Indian. So you've got to understand, when I go to the group, this is, this is all Africans and Indians majority. So I walk into the, so I prayed for it, days go by, and I walk into the, um, our bookshop at church, and there's a, I just hear the screaming and a lady coming running towards me, and she swings her arms around me, and she swings around me, and she said, he healed me. So, wow. How good is God? How good is He? He can do anything, man. In 2004, we immigrated to New Zealand, and uh, then the story takes a nasty twist because it's very nice up to then. And then uh, my wife said to me, she said, I don't love you anymore. And when I tell my wife, because I got remarried, when I tell Nikki this, she said to me, I wouldn't stick it out with you either. Because I was just an idiot. And honestly, I was unlikable and unlovable anyway. So we got divorced. And uh, I, met, I met Nikki and uh, we got married. And now we've got a little girl, Charlize. And, but at my, during that separation time, I was angry with God, I must tell you that. Because if I don't, I'll be lying. I was angry with God. I, it's not supposed to happen. Everything's supposed to be everything. 
and I was getting really angry with myself. And I used to play that song, Radiohead, I'm a creep. I used to put it on repeat and play it over. I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo. And when I met Nikki, I used to drive her nuts with it. But the Lord is so awesome. He restores any broken rubbish in our lives. He, can, he's, he specializes in that. If you sit here tonight and think your life's a mess, oh man, it's nothing for him. Because he loves us so very much. I, I did think that maybe God would be angry with me because of my divorce. And uh, it felt like it because the condemnation is heavy. And uh, I started boxing again. And, and I was just looking for fights again. And, but the Lord is so awesome. When the Shalish was born, she was very, she really needed to make it. And uh, I said to the Lord that night, I said, my little girl survives this, I'm yours again. And Charlize is all good. She was without oxygen when she was born for a very long time. A very long time. And uh, they had the oxygen on 100% on her face. When eventually they called me over and they said there's oxygen. Because I thought it's strange, they're not calling me, baby's not crying, what's going on? And... Uh, Eventually her colour started getting and then they had to take her for brain um, test and so on and she's all good. And then just one last thing I want to just tell you. My daughter said to me, she said, my oldest daughter, she's 22 now, she said to me, um, one night she said, Dad, can I cook for us? I said, it'll be awesome, baby. So she started chopping and she, then she said to me, you know, with a monotone, she said, Daddy, just come here. So I walked across and there's a piece of a finger lying on the chopping block and I said to her, Oh, we need to go to the doctors quickly. So we went down. I took the piece and I, they said, no, it's dead. We, it will not work. So uh, I uh, got her there. They banished her up and so on. And every day she, she will go across and they will check it out. And then she said to me, Dad, it's really, it's really good because I can feel nothing. And then uh, I took her to the doctor because she used to go just for dressing change. And the doctor looked at her finger, and it was black. And he said to me, he called me in his room, and he said to me, listen, it's probably gangrene. You need to get it to Middlemore now. I'm filling the plastic surgeons now. Probably gangrene. You need to get it in now. He said, get there as soon as you can. So uh, I took, put it in the car, and we went home, got her clothes, and on the way in, she, uh, the two of us were crying. And I said, it's not fair. It's my daughter. This is my seed it's not supposed to happen I'm not going to stand and just watch the devil do this and we prayed and just in the car just a prayer from the heart in the car she said to me dad tingling in my finger and I said oh well we'll see when we get there and when they in the in the in the surgical room whether with whether with a um, um, plastic surgeons uh, they called us and took the, the dressing off and the finger was the color of my finger and here's a normal guy. They come from this rubbish background. And the Lord honors. Because, I tell you this, sometimes we think that you've got to be a Christian for years before the Lord starts answering prayers. But I tell you, if you were a cop and you put that uniform on 
and you pull me over, I'm not going to ask you, how long have you been a cop for, mate? The same authority. Same authority. He represents the government. And if he says, come with me, you just go with him. And whatever he says, you'll do. And when we get born again, that same authority is not in a week's time or two days' time. You walk out of here tonight, and the same authority is yours. And you're no longer a puppet for Satan. He is the puppet. Because before we get born again, we're a puppet for him. When he says, look at the porn, we go look at the porn. When he says, listen to this music, we go do this. We just do what he wants us to do. We sit on the fence trying to see how close we can live this thing. You cannot pet Satan one day and want to rebuke him the next day. He'll kill you. We need to decide. And that's what I want to say is tonight is let's decide who we're going to serve. If Satan is God, serve him. But if the Lord is God, serve him with everything. Let's stop mediocrity in our lives. Serve him with everything we have. Everything. I am... Um, I wanted to, sorry, I'm sucking a lolly from my throat here. There was one um, photo that I wanted to, but I think we can skip that just because there's some, there's a little kids here. I just wanted to, when I was in AWB, they, um, I saw a mate of mine get shot dead on, on live television. It's execution. Uh, maybe you guys will remember it's still Nick Foree, General Nick Foree was my general. And it uh, was on live television. And uh, it dropped me because his kids watched it as well. And uh, they even said to their mom, says, Daddy dead, mom? Yep, he's gone. So there was a lot of scars when I became born again. It was a lot of deep stuff, a lot of deep scars. But the Lord is a healer. I don't know how he does it. Honestly, I don't know how he does it. But I tell you tonight, if you've got any issues in your life, if he can sort this life out, he can do it for you. Please don't walk out here tonight being a puppet for Satan one second longer. When I got born again, I took a permanent marker right underneath my shoe, Satan bite the dust. I did it. <laughs> and, uh, do it. Let him bite the dust. You, can't, you don't have to respect Satan if you don't serve him. But if you serve him, He'll be your master, and he's a hard master. He wants everything from you, but my Jesus said it's finished. I've done it all for them. All he wants is just me to serve him. I can do nothing for him. We Satan wants you to do things for him all the time. You serve him, and you'll do it proper. Tonight, please, don't walk out here being a puppet for Satan one second longer. Jesus loves you very much. Can we pray? Father, your dear people tonight, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that not one person will walk out here tonight without their names written in the Lamb's book of life. Let everyone here tonight will fall in love with you, will love you, will serve you with everything we have. Every one of us here if there's any way in our lives, Lord, any place we'll be compromising, please remove that. Have mercy on us, Lord, please, I pray. Deal with us according to your love. Because I know you love us so much. Help us to be strong. Help us to be mighty warriors for you. So when we speak, demons leave.
when we speak demons bow because of Jesus that backs us. I pray in Jesus' name. We love you very much, Lord. Amen. Thank you, son. Amazing story, eh? Yeah. What's your story? Where are you at with God? In Genesis chapter 1, it says this. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters. In other words, the world was in chaos. And it says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And I heard this thought, I've heard it a couple of times recently, and it's really struck me that God is created, uh, God is um, attracted to chaos. The Spirit of God is attracted to chaos. And it's really easy to sit and hear a message like Martin's and go, well, you know, I want to get my life right with God, but I've got this going on, I've got that going on. My life is chaos. I just need to tidy it up a little bit. And then, God. But can I say to, to you tonight that God is attracted to chaos? He will meet you in chaos. If you wait to get your life right and tidied up, it's never going to happen. If that had to happen, would you have ever got right with God? You wouldn't have, eh? No. God will meet you in chaos. And tonight I want to create an opportunity for you before we go to say, okay, tonight, Lord, I'm going to make a choice. Tonight I'm going to give you my everything. Tonight I'm going to step into relationship with you. Tonight I'm going to step back up to the plate again. And by doing that, you're not saying you've got things sorted. What you're saying is, Jesus, I choose you. And that's all you say. That's the most you can say. He'll sort the rest later. The problem with us Christians is so often we try to gut the fish before we caught it. Jesus wants relationship with you. Bottom line, you'll sort the rest out as time goes on. It doesn't phase him. It doesn't phase him at all. He wants relationship with you. And tonight, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond. I'm going to ask you to make a choice. It could be the first time you've ever made a decision to pursue Jesus, and that's fantastic. And shortly, I'm going to ask you to stand up if tonight you're saying, Jesus, I choose you tonight. My life might be a mess, but tonight I choose you. You are a loving, gracious, kind, merciful God. God of hope, a God of peace. You are love. He doesn't love you. He is love. And I'm going to step into relationship with you tonight. There's also people here tonight and you've walked with Jesus, but for whatever reason, you've stepped back. And tonight I'm going to ask you to stand up too. Say, Jesus, I'm stepping back up to the plate again. I'm stepping back into that place of relationship. And again, I might not have it all together, but I'm stepping, I choose you tonight. And there's a third group of people I want to talk to tonight. And that's you going, I'm a Christian. But you spend your whole time trying to live as close to the line as you can. The line of compromise. 
really, really bugs me when I listen to Christians who sound like people in the world. Language. We're meant to sound different. You're in love with Jesus, you're meant to sound different to the world. I know Christians that just, if I can say this, I can do it. Sure you can. I was watching the motorsport the other night. The driver had an incident in his car and he swore. Even the commentators on TV apologized for his language. Christians sound different. Christians behave differently. We live to a higher standard. Does it mean we've got it sorted out and all together? No. Does it mean we're perfect? No. Does it mean we'll make mistakes? Yes. But we get up and go again and go, well, Lord, I'm going to try and step away from that line. I know that if I walk down the line of a cliff sooner or later, I'm going to fall off it. But I don't have to live on the line. I can live miles away from the line. And that's life he's called us to live. I'm going to ask you to respond tonight too. If you know that you're trying to live really close to the line, I'm going to ask you to stand as well. And then we're going to pray a simple prayer of recommitment and commitment to Christ that says, Lord, things may be chaotic, but I choose you. I choose you. You've never chosen Jesus before. Tonight, you want to. You have chosen, but for whatever reason, you've stepped back. Tonight, you need to reestablish a relationship with Him. Or you spend way too much living time living too close to the line. Any of those three, why don't you stand right where you are? say the choice would be easy. I said we're going to make a choice. Fantastic. Good on you. Good on you. The Bible tells us that one person gets light right with Christ. The angels celebrate. All you guys standing up, I reckon heaven's just broken into a party. Come on. Heaven's broken in a party on your behalf. It is fantastic. Shall we pray together? Everyone else, would you like to stand, please? Let's pray together. Because some of you needed to be standing anyway, so I just helped you. You want to follow me? Jesus. I thank you that you love and are attracted to chaos. That my chaos does not scare you. And tonight, I choose you. I thank you that when I choose you, you forgive me of all my wrongdoing. I thank you that when I choose you, you make me right with God. And tonight, I choose you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on every person tonight. Lord, I know that that scripture carries on that you then spoke and caused things to come into order. And Father, that same power that brought things into order will 
bring things into order in our world. His name is the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we submit ourselves to the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit tonight. And where we need help, we simply say, please help. Please turn the chaos into something beautiful. We love you. We thank you. And we choose you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Church, can we give these ones who stood a fantastic big hand? Thank you. If you chose Jesus tonight for the very first time, as we finish, can you please come down the front and see me? We've got some stuff we'd like to give you, some material. We'll do anything we can do to help you in your journey with Him. What you've done tonight is really, really significant. Like uh, Martin said, if you wake up tomorrow morning, everything's changed. And also, if you know, you've reconnected with Jesus tonight, come and see us as well. If we can help you in the journey, we want to do that. That's what we're here for. And uh, we'd love to do that. Thank you for coming out tonight. Thank you again, Martin. Thank you for being so honest with us. No, how about giving you another hand? That was really good. Thank you. Well, I declare God's blessing over you this week. I pray that wherever you are and whenever you're there, you'll be like Jesus. And uh, if you make a total mess of it, don't panic. Just start again because that's how it works. Good. Shall we sing a song to finish? Our youth are going to McDonald's, aren't you? McDonald's Rotatuna. Do you know if Young Young's doing anything tonight? Ashley's house, board games. Ashley's right. Hold your hands up. Hi, Ashley. If you want to know where her house is, just ask her. She will tell you. And um, let's finish with the song. Thank you for being generous with your giving. The giving station's on the way out. Have a fantastic week. someone to stand with you for prayer for any reason feel free to come down the front there's people who would love to do that have a great week